coalition of industry and government health care groups recently published a four-volume guide to cybersecurity practices aimed at protecting patient information. The guide was mandated by the Cybersecurity Act of 2015. Joining me with how the guide got created and some of what's in it, Julie Chua, Risk Management Branch Chief at Health and Human Services. Ms. Chua, good to have you on. Great. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Tell us, first of all, this is a four-volume set of guides. What exactly is in it? The four volumes consist of, one, a main document, and that main document really tries to raise awareness of cybersecurity in the health sector. So it's very plain language. It gives you the current state of our sector, why cybersecurity is important. We use a lot of statistics, um, stories, real stories of breaches and incidents, and getting our stakeholders aware of why it should be part of their day-to-day. The other two volumes are technical volumes. So there's a technical volume for small organizations, and there is a technical volume for medium and large organizations. The last volume are resources and templates that stakeholders can actually use. And a lot of these were provided and um, suggested by the task group members. And speaking of that, task group, that was um, and still is comprised of a wide variety of health sector stakeholders. They are medical professionals. They are CIOs, CISOs. We had privacy experts in there. And the reason for that um, vast uh, differing perspectives is we really wanted to make sure this document is a resource that captures all those perspectives. And what are some of the cybersecurity challenges that might be unique to the healthcare sector that maybe don't occur in finance or energy or some of the other sectors? So that's actually quite an interesting question. So the task group, the way that they did this first version of this document is they honed in on the current most prevalent threats in the health sector today. Ransomware, phishing, um, loss and theft of devices, and um, insider threat is another one that they identified. And the last one is the medical device cybersecurity that could affect patient safety and patient care. So I would say that the last one is the one that is very unique to the health sector. However, the other four, I would say that that is prevalent throughout all critical infrastructure sectors. And within the healthcare field, in the device category, that's a huge range of items from things that roll around on carts and hospitals to devices implanted in people's bodies. That is correct. And the way that the task group tackled the medical device cybersecurity practice is we were putting it from the perspective of what should a health delivery organization, a provider, be doing with their medical devices? And how should they be working with the FDA, the medical device manufacturers, in terms of making sure that when they, for example, when they patch, they are not affecting the functionality or any other patient safety issues that could occur if they do um, apply that patch. So there's a lot of nuances. And the other thing that is tangential to this publication is there is a medical manufacturer Uh, perspective guide that just came out as well from 
this same public-private partnership. And I think that is something that the, the stakeholders should be aware of as well. So the people supplying the devices and the people using them have some synchronicity between their cybersecurity approaches and understandings? Absolutely. And I think it's unprecedented what we've done in the last year, 2018, with two of the big documents that came out of this public-private partnership. So this one is called the Health Information Cybersecurity Practices, and the other one is called the Joint Security Plan for Health IT and Medical Devices. So two varying perspectives, but one collective um, effort to, to tackle cybersecurity for medical devices. We're speaking with Julie Chua. She is Risk Management Branch Chief at Health and Human Services. And to what extent do the National Institute of Standards and Technology, the NIST guidance on cybersecurity, which is pretty extensive, if someone were to read the most recent health-related publications, would, would you see echoes of NIST in there? Yes, and that is a great question because we collaborated with NIST on the HICCUP document. So that's the health industry cybersecurity practices we're speaking of today. We actually align the cyber practices that are in this resource to the NIST cybersecurity framework and making sure that those who are already mature enough and using the framework, that they see that alignment. On the flip side, those who are not using the framework yet, they get to see how they can start using the framework in alignment with this document. And from the health and human services perspective, and of course with CMS, you deal with many, many, many providers. Is there a really big gap between the small providers, the local practices, and the capabilities with respect to cybersecurity of the large multi-state providers, you know, the Kaisers and those types of organizations? Absolutely. So one thing that is unique about this effort is we went out to stakeholders, rural providers, one um, physician offices and clinics, and community health centers, those were part of a focus group for pre-testing a draft of this document. So it resonated with them when we were trying to get them to understand these are the things that you can actually do, for example, for a small organization, what you need to know in terms of cybersecurity and what you need to ask your third-party provider or your EHR vendor and at least be aware of what they should be doing um, in terms of their security procedures and programs. So we heard that it is something that is a challenge across small organizations, rural providers, where they do not have a dedicated IT team or even an information security team. So with this resource, we wanted to make sure that the main document that I spoke about earlier was really in plain language, that they understood why we were talking about these threats to the health sector and why as a physician or maybe a nurse practitioner, it applies to them as well. So a very concrete example, within the main document, we talk about the five threats, the impacts to patient safety and patient care, and we provide one page threat tips, things that you can do on a daily basis that may not cost any additional 
resources or uh, funding or budget to actually do some, cert some certain cybersecurity practices to mitigate those threats. I suppose there could be some small practitioners, especially in the rural areas, that may not even have EHRs yet at this point. And when they do get them, they could be maybe a little bit like babes in the woods installing these things without the proper controls for cyber. Correct. And we are also hearing that some of them, they refuse sometimes to actually get into the EHR space because they are scared of these cybersecurity threats. They are worried about what can I control and what can't I control if I get into the cyberspace. And so what do you do next to make sure all of this guidance is promulgated and gets into the hands of the people that need to see it? We have quite a few engagements in the next few months. We, we meaning HHS and the Health Sector Coordinating Council, we are hosting fireside chats between myself and the industry co-lead. We are also hosting threat series throughout March and April. And those threat series webinars are deep dives into each of the five threats and the practices that are contained within the technical volumes. And those are actually led by an industry expert and an HHS or a federal expert who gets into the weeds walk through the threats, and walk through the actual practices within the volumes. And, of course, we are at HIMSS this year again, and we also have a session there. We have a federal IT pavilion booth where it's all of HHS as well as some of our um, HHS partners like HRSA and FDA are also there. So all of these HHS partners are in HIMSS this year, making sure that all our stakeholders are aware of this uh, resource and this document. Julie Chua is Risk Management Branch Chief at Health and Human Services. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much and appreciate the opportunity to talk about this great resource. Find a link to the guide and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. <laughs> 